Welcome to our podcast, We're Not So Different. I'm Samira. And I'm Ali. We're two professionals having real conversations about our experiences at home, work, and out in the community. We tell our stories through the lens of our different backgrounds to just find out that we're not so different. In our podcast, we'll explore ways that we can improve engagement and bridge social gaps while trying to find the humor in it all. Check us out on social media at WNSDifferent or email us at WNSDifferent at gmail.com. Thank you, everyone, for joining another episode of We're Not So Different podcast. I'm Samira here with my co-host, Ali, and today we have a special guest with us, Yoel Eskinder. Yoel, thank you for joining us. Why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Yo, thank you for having me. I am nervous. This is my first legit podcast. Nice. that uh, well, I am doing. I'm sort of doing my own thing with my friend, but it hasn't blown up yet. So thank you for having me. My name is Yoel Eskinder. Um, I'm a Bay Area grown filmmaker, educator. Um, family came here from East Africa when uh, when my mom was like a teenager. Um, they're from Ethiopia and Eritrea. Nice. And we, yeah, we like grew up in the Bay Area. I went to school. I went to school in Marin County. Um, at first, we were one of those people who would commute from like other parts of the Bay Area, like Richmond, Vallejo, all the way to Marin, where the nice schools were. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. wow! Okay. Uh, and that was like pretty normal for me. I was just like, oh, like this is what kids do. They wake up at like five in the morning, and they <laughs> <laughs> they're on the. How the old were you? I was like, it was like the, throughout elementary school, we eventually okay. moved later on. So like I went through like middle school and high school living in Marin, um, which was like super interesting because, you know, I have this like identity of being a Bay Area person um, with, you know, my, I have a, my, my family um, are predominantly refugees and I'm a first generation American and mm-hmm. kind of growing up in the diverse Bay Area, but Marin itself was, is very not necessarily diverse which is something Mm -hmm. we'll probably talk about in this podcast yeah definitely definitely so uh we met or were introduced to you because of a video you made about the housing situation and injustice and racial biases that happen in marin county and it's something that happens um everywhere but it's um really interesting that it's happening in an area that is neighbored by you know sanctuary cities and huge diverse communities so why don't you tell us a little bit about the video that you made and what inspired you to make it yeah first of all thank you for for watching it it's under the hashtag hashtag? yeah go ahead tell sorry yeah no so you know the the thing and we'll we'll freaking dive into this it's freaking nuts you could can i say that it's it's astonishing um some of the things we've we've uncovered but um the thing about institutional racism is people if they have a conversation about it it's almost like like the benefit of sort of pushing it away as this abstracting that maybe happens nationally maybe deep in the south or the east coast or something like that right but what i've uncovered is the fact that actual segregation is happening in the bay area like that that you know that that one shit that martin luther king died over yeah that shit's happening in the bay area in the area that I grew up in, kind of connecting national racism to um, how it exists in a liberal area like in California in the Bay Area. The reason why um, I use the hashtag, I, I guess I created the hashtag um, era of Marin City 
it's because I wanted to, to localize the conversation so that it doesn't get drowned out under Black Lives Matter, but it really is in, inspired by um, Black Lives Matter. But what I encourage everybody to do when they share it and when they talk about it is use hashtag era of Marin City because that's what we're trying to create and that's what we're trying to usher in. We're trying to usher in a new, uh, a new existence, like a, a new era for the, for the city, which is called Marin City. Mm-hmm. located in Marin County. Yeah. So can you do this for the listeners? Um, I do want everyone to go out and watch the video, but lay out yeah. some of the facts around, you know, what happened in 2019 when they yeah. basically said that ruled Marin County is one of the most segregated places. Um, and then what were the subsequent actions that came after some of the city council meetings and all that? Yeah, it's, I'm not going to say that for it, but it's freaking nuts. Um, <laughs> uh, and I'm, and I'm, you know, to this day, I'm like, I'm talking to sources, like literally before this, this podcast, I was, I was meeting with people who are, who are on the ground, who um, are in meetings behind closed doors. But to answer your question, Nelly, let me just, let's just paint the picture. So we know, you know, people like us, we understand that institutionalized racism is something that exists in America, despite the fact that, uh, you know, the civil rights era was back in like the 60s and the Jim Crow laws are supposedly gone, right? Right. It's yeah. not something that you would think exists still or that and, people are still, you know, suffering from it or living from the, like, what am I trying to say? Like, like that it's active, we think it's behind people us. are still actively segregating neighborhoods. Right. And, exactly. And redlining. You would right. think that that's... Or yeah, the impacts of it are still, the effects of it are still impacting people. Right, right. Yeah, if you're listening to this, you you might think maybe the effects are still happening, but there's no way this is systematically still happening. The sh- the shit that mm-hmm. he di- he died on the balcony on that for that shit, right? Like, there's no right. way this these black and white photos from the '60s are relevant to today. And we also know that uh, you know the country is divided by blue and red, right? We have liberal yep. places like California, specifically the Bay Area. We have traditionally, you know, you think of racist place run by racist people in Republican right. states like Texas, whatever, you know, North Carolina, Mobile, Alabama, whatever you want to, whatever you want to do. But we just to continue painting the picture, Marin is, if, you, if you're on the ground, Marin, if you grew up there, you know how the culture is, you know that it's an environment in which it's run by Democrats, it's considered to be super socially liberal, but we also know that people of color in Marin County, which is literally right above San Francisco, which is a sanctuary city, right? Like liberal, yep. liberal safe haven. The other side of San Francisco, which is Marin County, nobody really knows about. Nobody really goes to my own like black friends and family from the Bay Area whenever they would like catch my like drama performances in my high school. They'd be like, what the, where the hell are you? This is like some get out <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, like we have like trees and shit. And, uh, <laughs> we got some like chai lattes here. Uh, no, but Marin is super seclusive, like politically Democrat, mm-hmm. where people of color are incredibly disenfranchised. There's totally a, a Latino community there, like undeniably, but their voices are not heard. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a city in Marin County, ironically called Marin City, which has a lot of historical um, relevance that nobody really talks about. It's a place where the Black Panthers used to have meetings. It's a place that to this day is um, noticeably very Black. 
which is interesting because Marin County is not very black, but Marin City, a little city, mm-hmm. is hella black. And we also know that the whole country right now is mourning the death of George Floyd. We're, we're all, um, even Republicans are becoming privy to conversations about uh, social reform, um, you know, liberal ideas like police reform, um, siphoning funding to social services and whatnot. All in all, it seems like we're, it seems like we're pretty far removed from the idea of segregation happening. When in 2019, there was an action, the first desegregation lawsuit in 50 years in California was in Marin County, like around the corner from where I went to fucking high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that blew, blew my mind. And the reason why it's blowing my mind, and I feel like all the listeners, Josh should be dropped. If not, I should, I'll go and meet you in person and open your mouth for you. <laughs> <laughs> the, re- the reason why everyone should be appalled is because, like, this isn't the kind of news where you hear, like, about discrimination happening in the South, right? This isn't Texas. This isn't Tennessee right. or some shit. This is Marin Cap. This is the Bay Area, right? Right. Um, and it's run by a bunch of white Democrats. Like, right. We we all know how you know white Democrats can be, right? Especially in uh, super liberal areas. So I was like looking into this, and I'm like, why is no one talking about the fact? Like, why why is this not like on the front page of the news? And right. just to continue painting the picture about the culture in Marin County. We don't really have like the New York Times, the LA Times, the uh, whatever, you know. We don't really have a sense of civic engagement, period. Marin County, it's not a place where you know who the mayor is, right? Why do why do we know the name of the police chief in like Texas or some shit, or the mayor of New York, but we don't know the name of our own mayor in Marin County or our own uh, board of supervisors, right? Yeah. You know, all all these people, which you know, you can look into it, search hashtag era of Marin City or search to search and search Marin City segregation. All these people, all of these elected officials who get paid, you know, $200,000 salaries from our tax dollars, they're all complicit in actively and intentionally segregating a huge part of uh, California, which is freaking nuts to me. I know I'm not supposed to swear, so I'm saying freaking nuts more than I'm used to. (laughs) I usually don't say those two words together, freaking nuts. I do want to just call out, we don't want to like put a blanket statement that all white Democrats are one way or another. Like, so we, you know, we want to extend the same type of benefit that we would want people to extend to us. So let's try to (laughs) not say. No no broad strokes. (laughs) No broad strokes. Definitely more more severe than me. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, and I understand, like, I, I totally get it. Um, the perspective and the experience and that's what it feels like especially when you're living in a community like Marin where the claim is to be democrat and liberal or you know but the actions you know are not as people oriented as you would want it to be it it applies only to their own kind yeah and that's where you know you it's easy to do that yeah, right, you it's can, easy right. to still, those. You can still make an argument of safety. That's the easiest yeah. one, right? You say, well, when there's a lot of black kids around and a lot of minorities around, we associate that with being violent. So we are liberals Disruptive and we, and and we do yeah. want things to be better. But when it comes to my kid going to school, when it comes to where I live, 
I kind of don't necessarily want quote unquote, this is the famous word from the nineties, that element Mm -hmm. in my neighborhoods and whatnot. So there's a way that they rationalize themselves around it. And Malcolm X used to talk about the liberals all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and you know, how, how they interacted and what they really meant um, by liberalism. But one thing I wanted to touch on Yoel is let's dive into the segregation for people that haven't seen the video yet. Let's dive into when you say they're the most, you know, there was a segregation lawsuit brought about Mm -hmm. what did the lawsuit entail and what exactly is the segregation that is happening in Marin County? Yeah. I'll talk about that, about the actual segregation in a second, but just to, you know, touch on the, you know, very valid point you bring up Samira. I think it it is important to, to highlight that it is white Democrats who are in power, who are, um, almost hiding behind their political identity as mm-hmm. yep. um, a camouflage of their own racism. Because the thing is that if anything, I'm and I am in defense of solid white people who are actual liberal who are, who actually live in diverse cities like New York and San Francisco. If anything, I even people who don't identify as Democrats, like I respect white Republicans more than I respect racist white Democrats, because at least they're not like, they're not strategically using politics as a way to hide their conservative agenda. And I think it's fair to say segregation and racism is more than a conservative um, agenda. Absolutely. Um, And I'm glad you brought that up. So like, yeah, that's the thing. Like if anything, these people in Marin County give other white Democrats a bad name. Um, And it's not even like, it's, it's not even like, say, Alameda, you know, we're, we're all from the Bay, right? It's not even like Alameda, which is like maybe kind of Republican kind of Democrat. Right, right. Marin is very, very Democrat and very rich and very white, which I feel like is kind of creepy. Um, so let's pivot to what Ali was saying about the actual segregation. So there's empirical evidence to suggest that Marin is the most racially disparate county in all of California and it's one of the most wealthy counties in California. And that's why. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or, that's part, or that's part of it, at least when I think that's of part, the yeah. most wealthy county, I definitely don't think, oh, it's a lot of black people there or a lot of Latinos <laughs> there. Like, the, you know, wrong or right, right? Those two things don't go hand in hand. You hear about pockets exactly. like, oh, if you go to Prince George County, D.C. area, there's a rich, affluent black neighborhood there. You know, if you go to a certain part of Chicago, there's a rich, affluent neighborhood there. But typically when you say rich, affluent neighborhood, you don't think a bunch of black people or a bunch of Latinos. And I used to think about what's the first thing that comes to mind. And I live in New York for a little bit. I used to think that, and I still do think that New York, despite how um, diverse it is, is one of the most um, financially segregated and academically, it is one of the most academically segregated places in the country. Um, But New York as in one city has pockets of super rich white people, has pockets of low income black neighborhoods. Marin County, and we're not even touching on the segregation yet. We're still painting the picture. Marin County is literally one of the most richest. I think at one point it was the richest county in the country. Wow. And, and it's the most uh, racially disparate, which is like a nice way of saying, which, okay. is, a, which is a nice way of saying pretty racist. And, and we've all kind of known this, right? But again, the, the issue um, is the fact that it's not really on the spotlight that somewhere so close to Oakland and San Francisco is kind of like this. But then in 2019, this is, this is getting uh, more specific about the segregation itself. So there's a city called Sausalito. 
super posh, rich, just type in Sausalito and you'll, you'll just look at Google images of Sausalito and you'll see, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Like you'll just yeah. see it's rich white shit. But the thing is Sausalito is part of the same. And I might be butchering this for um, the like, you know, real people on the ground in Marin, but Sausalito, the city is, is like kind of part of the same school district as Marin City, which I mentioned before is mm-hmm. a pretty, pretty black, pretty low income part of Marin County. So they're part of the same like school district. You would think that if they had multiple schools that they would be, you know, pretty evenly just dispersing the, yeah, yeah, the funds and the resources. But the thing is there used, there was a school, there is a school called, called like Bayside MLK in Marin city, right? Historically, you know, I think it used to be more diverse, but it's become more black. And then a bunch of white people in Marin County years ago had the initiative of let's create another school. Let's disrupt this system and create a charter school. And we all know that charter schools are pretty messed up, right? When it comes to, um, well, actually it is kind of not the most common knowledge, but charter schools are pretty messed up. Like the way they, um, they, they kind of exist like private schools and that they can make their own rules, but they still get like public funding, which is like not really fair. Like a public school gets government funding, like is what it is. A private school, it's, you know, it's elite and shit, but it's independent. So it sources its own independent funds. Exactly. Charter schools are kind of cheating the system. um, And they have this whole like, you know, a secretive way to go about them that um, if you're listening, you can look up the podcast uh, "United States of Anxiety," where they where they dive into Marin City and Sausalito. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to promote. I, I'm not no, that's attached fine. to that. That's why no, that's good. Keep it going. <laughs> All right. um, but basically, uh, the creation of this charter school meant a bunch of private people can get the get the okay from the board, the school board in Sausalito to create the school, but they can make their own rules. And then they started basically siphoning money away from this low-income MLK yeah. school in Marin City mm. to, to create the, uh, the charter school called um, Willow Creek Academy. Willow Creek Academy is, you know, like talked about as like one of the greatest, you know, charter schools in the area, like blah, blah, blah. Um, and again, like racism in Marin is one of those things where you can't really put your tongue on it. But I think my mind was kind of blown to see that in 2019, there was an investigation that found that there was intentional and like very cruel and gross segregation happening to separate uh, the Marin City community from the Sausalito community. And the funny thing is, they kind of share a campus, at least they used to, and then they separated the campus to make them exist like down the street from from each other so a bunch of elite white people were like hey let's let's create a charter school let's piggyback off of mlk let's have some of our our classes in their campus but then let's create our own campus and let's steal some of their resources and and they're even trying to they're even trying to absorb the campus how would that like to get rid of the kids that are already going there or I don't even freaking know. I don't even freaking know. It's freaking complicated. And all of these meetings happen like as privately as they want. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, so I'm working with people. If the people on this pod who are listening are interested, they can, you know, look at my work and I'm, I'm trying to, you know, uncover more of it. And I'm working with people who are 
I'm covering more of it, um, like, you know, writers and uh, people like that, but um, it's freaking nuts. And on top of that, I didn't know this until recently, but they even had a segregation lawsuit in 2013. Oh, wow. Yeah. What, what, what became of it? Obviously nothing, but what was it about the short story? I think in 2013, um, the attorney general of California like put some pieces together and given them a warning that you are segregating schools and oh, giving you okay. time to fix it. And then in 2019, it was uncovered that they're not doing anything to fix it. They're like trying to double, double down on it. And, and just to make it grosser guys, just, and keep in mind, everybody I'm talking about in the story, these are all well-to-do Democrats in a, in a very yeah. posh environment. Yeah. These, these aren't KKK like rednecks. These are rich Democrats, right? Yep. During these uh, like school meetings and like parent and board meetings and stuff, in which you would think it would be an opportunity for um, representatives of MLK to, you know, red flag this stuff, right? Be like, hey, this is not cool. Right. But again, let's think about how this how this really works in, in real communities, right? Who who are the who are the most civically engaged, for lack of better words? Um, parents are we talking about rich white parents or are we talking about low-income parents who have jobs and you know have exactly. to low-income exact... parents they're too tired they, they're too tired they have if, you're, if you have a mom like mine like she you know my i grew up in a low-income family i saw my mom a few hours a week because she was working like you know 16 hour days like seven days a week like parents like that don't have the time or even knowledge of how to be involved and it's not that they don't right. care right so who does show Especially up as meetings? immigrants. I know my parents are immigrants. Right. And it just, they sent us to school, like the school will take care of everything. Yeah, yeah. Your, your parents are immigrants. They, they might not be as well-versed in English. Even if they do show up, like they might not really know how to participate um, because mm-hmm. the meetings are overpowered by, you know, white parents. Um, and if you're a white parent uh, who has this kid in the school, uh, and I'm not even trying to like, you know, make some sort of comment about like white parents per se. I think the point about this is it's important. It's not like if you're white, you're inherently racist. Obviously that's not true, but I think there's a clear power struggle in which, you know, white parents need to intentionally choose to be anti-racist by giving space and sort of like not making parents of color feel like smaller, right? Because this this is super gross that that I was listening to and reading about. There's, there's uh, recordings of what goes on in these meetings in Marin County in Sausalito mm-hmm. where these parents are basically arguing that MLK is being like racist or whatever because they're, they like want to, they want to like maintain the money for Willow Creek Academy. Again, Willow, <laughs> Creek, Willow Creek Academy is the charter school that's screwing up the resources in Sausalito. Wow. And in 2019, when it was uncovered that there was segregation happening, instead of saying like, oh, our kids are benefiting from segregation, like this is some really messed up stuff, they're doubling down by showing up to these meetings and saying, we shouldn't address, like we shouldn't adhere to the segregation lawsuit. We want to keep these funds. That school is racist for trying to drag us down with them. There's literally a quote where a woman says like, you have a house that's on fire why would you burn down the neighboring house suggesting marin city is on fire the city full of black people (laughs) wow 
And, and Sausalito, which is full of white people, why would you burn, burn our, our house down? And then the principal of the school had to be like, yo, I'm gonna just stop you right there. Could you do me a favor and not characterize our school as bur- a burning house? Right. Right. Especially yeah. after that school existed at first and then they're trying to pull away and move away. So instead of trying to put the fire out, they're like, no, 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 we're just gonna leave and we're gonna take the water with us so that we don't burn, but you guys can continue burning. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's freaking it's beyond deep. me. It's beyond me. Um, and then, so the person who helped, who helped put this together, you can look him up. His name is Steve Van Zandt. He's considered the Charter King, which I feel like is a scary title to be called <laughs> a Charter King, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they like, they, they'd be flying him up from San Diego to come to Merritt County to, to facilitate the creation of this charter school, right? Mm-hmm. And then he like ends up like, uh, like having uh, a, like a lawsuit against him. Like he ends up uh, having a criminal case against him. Um, I think for like conflicts of interest, uh, it's, it's, I don't know, super complicated stuff. So I'm having a hard time like on the spot summoning the, the information. So I apologize to the listener, but um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty wild. So I think that the main thing that I want people to, to walk away with um, and I'm, and I'm kind of like illustrating what I highlight in the video is like it's our it's apparently our responsibility no matter if you're a marin person a bay area person or just anyone in the country to realize that segregation is not something happening in the distant past in some republican state it's happening right. today here and it's up to us to basically like advocate for the generations of lives in marin city that will never be able to you know redo their education system you know yeah and they'll, and they'll blame those same kids. It, it's funny that you say that. So as a personal anecdote for my own son, he goes to a school um, in Oakland, uh, public school, and let's just call it school A. And school yeah. B is probably less than a mile away in an affluent neighborhood. And his school is probably, my son's school is probably 70% people of color. And even though it's in a nice neighborhood, they pull in kids from everywhere. So you have a lot of kids that are, you know, driving in from all around the city of Oakland. Now their PTA might get 30 grand a year in donations and all that. The school less than a mile away, they said they pulled in half a million dollars. So when we think about not just charter schools, right? It's not just a charter piece. It's yeah. also the public school system too, because they talk about, you know, property taxes funding and, you know, schools get all these schools get money and yada, yada, yada. But you have a huge amount of supplemental income that comes from the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. If you're in a fluent neighborhood and the way OUSD does it is your the choice the immediate choice is when you go to the lottery right they, it goes to not the lottery piece but when you're signing up for schools they go neighborhoods first mm-hmm. right so they say oh everybody in this local area that lives around the school gets come first and then the lottery says well the next level is if you have a sibling that goes here you can go and then after that it's lottery so if you're in an affluent neighborhood and you're having fundraisers and all these other things and when they're just asking people to donate right when they say hey this is a school give us seven hundred dollars which i think is this school is like that. Mm-hmm. It's not private, but they're just asking you as a parent, let me get $700. Mm-hmm. And so back to your point, Yoel, 
your immigrant family can't do that. My parents, my parents wouldn't have just, oh, just $700 just on the fluke. Like, you know, that's, that's something where it's like, wait, what am I, what am I paying for? What am I getting out of this particular thing? So it happens even at those levels too, where you have a huge, you got half a million dollars sitting on top of this one school. So you have all these extracurricular programs, they're teaching coding classes and chess classes and all this other stuff. Right. And at the other school, less than a mile away, it's the opposite. Mm. Right. And you don't have that. And you're struggling trying to apply the lotteries to get in these quote unquote better schools. And And then what they'll say is the educational outcome, they'll blame on the parents and they'll blame on the students. But really, if you actually have the schools on an equal playing field, everyone would be able to benefit from all those things. So now you lift the floor for everyone. And I'm sure over in Sausalito and, and Marin City, they'll do the same thing. And it's even worse because now they're stripping money away from the public school as a charter school. And then if there, are, there, there is a downside to the people that attend those schools because of a lack of resources, a lack of maybe teachers with a higher level of education, so on and so forth, they'll say that it's the student's fault and the parent's fault. Meanwhile, the, the charter school who is funded and all the attendees are super rich white people already they're pulling money from the public on top of that, right? Which sounds a lot like government in a way, (laughs) but you know what I mean? Like, it's just one of those things. We're not going to tax super rich corporations, but we'll tax, you know, I pay more taxes than Donald Trump did. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And then, well, and then they make it kind of, when it comes to accountability, right? They make it sound like it's the, it's the existence of these, you know, these black kids, these brown kids. Um, They, if you grow up in the same city, and this white kid is doing better then that's on you that's, on, that's right. your own fault um like this but really like like you said there's a very strategic amount of like district division and redlining that makes it so that these different schools have very uh different different you know funding um and and again like Murren county is super sm- like small quaint quiet quiet as heck right um Yet there's 18 school districts in, in Marin County. Like when you hear that number and how small Marin is, yeah. Marin has only about 250,000 people. That's crazy. 18? Compare that to- That's a lot. And there's 18 school districts just in this tiny ass county. It's like, when you hear 18, that's like somebody- need 18. Somebody was like, okay, one or two. They were like, no, 18. I have a master plan. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I have a right. master plan. <laughs> And then let's compare that to, to say New York City. New York City has eight million people, right? Yeah. And it has thirty-two school districts. <laughs> wow. One of the biggest cities. One of the biggest cities in the country with and how 8 are the million dis- school people. districts zoned in Marin? A good freaking question. So Marin, so when you have eighteen school districts and only two hundred and fifty thousand residents, and the mm-hmm. whole and that's that's people, not even kids, just living right, exactly. people, old people. That makes it so that there's one district for only about 8,000 residents, not yeah. even kids, 8,000 residents. Yeah. In New York City, that has, uh, that has 32 districts, that divides up to uh, one district for 800 million, 880, or sorry, 880,000 people. So yeah. one district in New York can serve 880,000 people. One district in Marin, this quiet county in California, serves only about 8,000 people. That's crazy. Which is, which is freaking nuts, right? Like if you would do, like Marin might as well be its own, just have one my, district. 
I think my graduating class in high school was like 2000 something. (laughs) (laughs) My graduating. That was just seniors, (laughs) not even all four years. My high school in Santa Rafael alone had about 1,200 people of all grades. So when you, when you think one school district serves 8,000 residents, yeah, old That's people, crazy. newborn babies, like middle-aged people. Yeah, then, kindergarten all the way up to 12th grade. And then, and then 8,000 residents, but my school alone had you know 1,200 people for only uh, four grades. Uh, you, there's, there's clearly some efforts to you know, redline right there. Yeah, I think one thing you guys were talking about with systemic racism and how it's institutionalized and, and you know, with all of the, you know, white Democrats and where they're supposed to stand on and why they don't see it as a race thing. I, I think the issue is they don't understand the history of systemic racism and they're focused on the class difference right? Like I, my kids are raised a certain way. I want them to have certain privileges I've, you know, paid for, and I want them to have these things. And then they're like, why are you making it a race thing? It's not a race thing. And it's like, it doesn't matter (laughs) at this point. The reason there's such a huge difference between the classes is because of the systemic racism that has gone on. It's because of the decades of not them not being able to build wealth. And even so, is that a justified enough reason to, to their point earlier, to let the school burn or let that house burn yeah. uh, just so it, you can yeah. be in a, so you can continue to rise and, and go up higher. It's just, it's and, that and mentality. Like, it's you, that self-preserving yeah. mentality. Where, where it's almost like, you know, racism doesn't exist. I'm going to believe that black people are inherently just born with a genetic disposition that allows them to light their house on, just burn to the ground, essentially. Right. But when, when you get the first desegregation order since like Malcolm X era, I feel like that's a pretty clear, you know, racism is right in your face, right? Yeah. And uh, Samira, you, you touched on, you know, knowledge and uh, how there's this cognitive dissonance, right? That's kind of what allows Marin to exist you know, that's a bubble that holds up Marin, right? Uh, this idea that like, you know, see no, hear no evil, see no evil, but get this, get this. So mm-hmm. everything I talked to you about was generations of intentional racism, right? Right. Which came together in 2019. And then what happened in 2020? George Floyd died. The country's on fire. Uh, and many places, people have died after him. People have died after him. The country has sparked this conversation about social reform, especially during a health crisis, right? About how, uh, like, it's almost like if you're a Democrat, you, you already know, you already have that, that social indication that you should be on the side of social reform, right? And right, even, right. even Republicans are thinking, yo, maybe we should like defund the freaking police, right? right. And despite all this, you know, and we're only you know, the, com- the story is not even over about the segregation. Despite all this, we had a, we had a board meeting, uh, a budget hearing in Marin this summer, right? Not long after George Floyd died. And they didn't talk about the segregation that was uncovered last fall at all. Yeah, they didn't touch it. And instead, what did they do? They increased what? They increased the funding for the sheriff. Wow. And, and, what, are, and what are the crime stats for Marin County? <laughs> None. Like it's Marin County, bro. It's 
Yeah. The, they, <laughs> they, the biggest crimes that happen there are, are squirrels stealing nuts, <laughs> basically. And they and that, and that 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 four percent increase to the sheriff's department budget was no four million five million dollars. Yeah, it was like it was like four or five million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So despite the whole country on fire, and you you would think like, you know, Democrats are exchanging this you know social capital to be on the right side of uh, liberal reform, right? They were like, no, let's increase the budget of the sheriff four million dollars and lower public funding for social services in the middle of a health pandemic. And uh, the, I think the highest uh, percentage of people with COVID in Marin County, it's Latino people, even though yeah. they're a minority in Marin County, which is nuts. Yeah, yeah. no, not, not surprising. That's a trend that's, that we see everywhere. So let me ask you this. What do you think, I know that you attend, you had the video out, you attended the, the meeting of, uh, was it city supervisors? Uh, budget hearing for the board. But, yeah. Board of supervisors. Yeah. Board of, but sorry, board of supervisors. And I know we're drawing a lot of attention to it in your honest opinion. Do we think something is going to come of this or is the idea just to push, 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 write about it and try to make it as, as national a news as it possibly could instead of the Marin County B. I think that's, I think it's uh, you kind of answered the question. I think, uh, the tool right now is a smear campaign. Like there's no other way to, to, to put it because that, that's their, so to answer your question, that's why I painted the picture of uh, how, you know, racism is the bubble that kind of holds up Marin County. Marin is known for being a, a bit of a cultural bubble. Um, and the, the big issue is the fact that people don't know what's going on. They don't associate a democratically run county with being racist. They think that racism doesn't happen in, in quiet liberal places. They think that it happens in loud Republican places. Yeah. So that's what that's what we have to do. I'm not running for no office. I'm not collecting. I'm not telling people what to vote for or whatever. All I'm asking people to do is to join us, spread uh, hashtag era of Marin City, to let people know Black lives don't just matter nationally. Like Black lives matter in Marin City too, and. I would, I would want to see for the rest of the year, even next year, people to go ham on accountability because that's the first step when it comes to justice. And there's an issue happening in the country right now where we're becoming numb to the kind of shit that we hear on the news because we feel so detached from it, right? And we, we feel like there's, there's not a one we can do to erase Trump or, or erase the police in uh, Wisconsin, whatever. You, next city whatever it is but i've i've been told from sources inside right now that the key thing that we have to do is to raise awareness and let the people empower the elected officials who are collecting our tax money to segregate children we have to let them know that we know and we have to just virtually kick on their door through emails calling them yeah. Exactly. That's if they're that's, at risk of not getting reelected or oh, something, yeah. that's going to, that's going to make the difference for them. We can't have it be this, like, you know, this book that closed and ended in the year 1964. It's happening right now in 2020. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. Yoel, um, I just want to say thank you for coming on our podcast. We really appreciate it. I love the work that you're doing. Even if, even if that's all you did, Right. I mean, I, I love that sort of, you know, 
holding people accountable and just education, right? These are the things that happen behind closed doors. We see that a lot in politics anyway. And to, and to basically open up the doors and say, hey, I have the transcripts and here they are and here's what's going on <laughs> right. um, right. is, a, is a powerful, powerful thing. Those sorts of messages need to be promoted. So we will be sure to promote that um, on our IG page. So speaking of that, please tell all of our listeners where to find you, what to listen to, uh, what to what hashtags to look up, give them all that information so that they can jump on board uh, this cause. You guys can find me on Fox News. Uh, it's channel 59. And I'm just kidding. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm right after Bill O'Reilly. No. Uh, Speak it into um, existence. <laughs> no, first of all, thank you guys for having me so much. Um, I, I feel like we're working towards the same goal, kind of like this, you know, extended universe of uh, people, different mediums you guys are on, yeah. you know, podcasts and I'm a filmmaker. So if you guys want to check out my website, it's just you um, But the, uh, yeah, good point. <laughs> Y-O-E-L-I-S-K-I-N-D-I-R.com. Great. Um, and we'll put it in the show notes as well. So if you didn't catch that, just check out the right. show notes. Yeah, and, and if you're on Instagram or listening on Instagram, um, I'm just Yoela Skinder Productions. So again, Y-O-E-L-I-S-K-I-N-D-I-R Productions um, is my gram. Where that's, that's the video that um, uh, the podcast is referring to. So yep. that's just a good way to just kind of touch base um, and see where we're at. And, you know, I you know hope to have a short film drop maybe next early next year, mid next year. So keep nice. an eye out or something like that. And I look forward to sharing your guys' work on my page too. Thank you for listening to another episode of We're Not So Different podcast. Be sure to subscribe, share, and review on your favorite podcast platform. You can also find us on social media by looking up the handle at WNS Different or We're Not So Different on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. You can also join us live on Instagram or check out our previous live episodes on IGTV by following us at WNS Different. If you have comments, questions, or thoughts, feel free to email us at WNSDifferent at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.